Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It is March 17th, 2017, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, live from Lobby One in Vice HQ in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. It's St. Patty's Day. It's St. Patty's Day. Be safe. It's St. Patrick. The real St. Patty himself. That's right. Before the show, you told us that you drove the snakes out of Ireland and replaced (laughs) them with dinosaurs. Uh Uh-huh. And then that they were then replaced by angry internet commenters who'd read your piece about John Trump. Yeah. It's a very comp you know, hey. I don't remember that. The art of the art of the deal, please. Yeah. Please. I went to Catholic school. I don't remember this part about St. Patrick's (laughs) in the mysteries. It was a very important part. Yeah. How do you think he got those snakes out of there? You know what I'm saying? I don't recommend I don't recommend my path. It's it's a (laughs) it's a bad one. Which path specifically? You know well, the one, the one that went from snakes to dinosaurs to trolls. Let's not get too specific. We got, there's you know, a lot of paths we could talk about. A lot the path, of paths the path that led me to being in this moment right now. This is a good moment we're in. It's a it's a great moment because we're all playing a video game. We are all playing video games. Yeah. As real quick, does anybody have St. Patrick's Day's plans? Is anybody? I've reached a point in my life now where my St. Patrick's Day plans tend to be like go inside. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> last year was a windows. great one. La- last year was a really good one for me because I became an EMT again oh, on St. Patrick's Day. That's and a I went bad out day. And celebrated at and a bar, and uh, you know there were already immediately things I could do at that to bar. help people <laughs> to help people who had drank a little too much of their green beer. But this year, I'm probably going to go to sleep. Yeah, that's a reward. We're still like coming off of PAX. I feel yes, like I've are. needed a real. I like PAX. I had a good time. I got to yeah. meet people. But then, like, there's also the feeling of like, oh, that weekend didn't happen. Exactly. Like, I didn't. No get laundry that got done. The sleep debt was not worked off. You know, the things that need to happen on a weekend didn't happen. The sleep debt. Yeah. Is that like you a... work off your sleep debt on the weekend? Was that a real thing? Yeah. Because I never feel. I don't ever feel better. When I actually get, when you get more, more sleep, sleep, then you are so far in debt that you're not even helping. <laughs> That's oh probably what's going on. Oh boy! Well, I am playing a video game. You That's are pretty cool. I'm playing a video. Well, I, I'm mostly watching. It's okay. the same deal with Horizon. I am mostly watching, playing a little, but mostly watching. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda Mass Effect. is out there to some degree. Sort of. Obviously, there are review copies out there for for outlets, but also the EA Access program has allowed people who subscribe to that to get a taste of the game it's like technically 10 hours of play but it cuts off at a certain point in the story right um and that's it's like taking over social media not in the way that i think ea would prefer not the best way no it's 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 been it's been i have not seen and this is you know something i uh, i may write about later today but i have not seen people with knives out for a game like this in a long time and you know 
it is no secret that people that are passionate about video games are also equally as critical about video games. Go to any comments thread, any message board or or Twitter, and you will see plenty of that. But there is a sadistic glee to Mass Effect Andromeda. And this comes from someone that has not played it, that I I have have, my only impressions of it are I've never seen it at any demos or anything. Like, I've literally only kind of like just taking in the internet reaction to what has been put out there and what people are taking clips of. But... Uh, and obviously, you know, this is all in the context of, like, some animations that don't look that great. Like, there is a, a for lack of a better term, jankiness to a lot of uh, some some of the edges of Mass Effect and drama on a technical perspective. But the glee that people have about it mm-hmm. is not something you usually see with criticisms of a video game. Like, there's a sort of, like, ha-ha, like, fuck you, Bioware sort of element to it that I, f- yeah. I haven't yeah. quite unpacked. Or, or if this is lingering from Mass Effect 3's ending, if this is like a larger sort of Bioware is not the company they used to be. So, like I just I I'm confused at where some of this is coming from. Do you have any theories? Yeah, I, I know a lot of this. Uh, at least in, to my mind, I am not a scholar of this subject, yeah. but to my mind, there was a lot of pushback from certain corners of the internet about the the way some of the women characters looked like mm. the woman sorry characters well, they're all I guess they're all right uh, they're, they're monogendered, monogendered so but that they weren't as as hot or sexy yeah. and there was like a whole like oh that SJW bioware they're they're doing all this stuff so I remember yeah. there being some real ugliness around uh, some of that around E3 this year and years previous I'm curious and I'm feeling some of that like, again did that filter through into a wider culture cuz 90% of the people I'm seeing who are dunking on this game yeah. Are people who themselves would be called SJWs, right? right? Like yeah. it's not like the only people I'm seeing who are making fun of that character animations are people who are like that. Asari isn't hot enough. I need my Asari <laughs> right. to be super bangable. Like that's right. not yeah. who the people are who are like, hey, that character looks like Gumby. Like, yeah, hey, I don't that character's these, walk I don't animation think this is like is the same thing. I just know that There's a lot like, of that. Can't- a lot of that was already floating around, right? Uh, and it, whether or not it's coming from the same place, right? It's it's there's a there's yeah. a there's a concept that comes up in like contemporary theory, uh, you know, kind of of politics and history and and economics called overdetermination, which is like, hey, things are caused from multiple sources, and yes. sometimes you can have a priority. There's, um, but this to me feels like one of those key examples of like, oh, right, like. Everybody might have their own little reason for wanting to do this, ranging from just like, oh, I have an interest when about when big projects go bad. Like it just tickles me. <laughs> There's some of to, that, I think. Yeah. To, oh, I miss the old Bioware. Like, sure. you know. That's, well, and that's, also that's Mass Effect. sub thing. Uh, uh, from Last Generation, I if, – if I – you know, this is not a scientific analysis, but I – there is probably no fan base more passionate or there is no series right. that is looked back on um, as like take away the Mass Effect uh, th- three ending stuff aside. Like yep. if you were to like look back at that 360 PS3 generation and like pick a franchise like mm-hmm. Mass Effect for a lot of people like yeah. is is that series is that emotional arc are those characters uh, is those games. And right. so I, I think this is also a consequence of having a fan base like that like i think there's probably elements of that like the the positives of having a fan base that is deeply invested in your world and characters and what you've built also means that fan base is going to have the knives out for you when you don't make something that they're completely happy with but again it's it's, i'm also seeing people in that fan base who are like i've seen lots of fans of bioware and mass effect specifically who are saying like oh this is really awkward for me like 
I like on their on like private accounts and to me personally and just like to each other on forums who are saying like oh like I really want this game to be good like I really yeah. want this game to be yeah. good who wants and any I, game to I, be bad it's so hard for right. those people to see people just like constantly dunking on this game because they feel like because it's the identity thing that we talked about a couple of weeks ago I'm just like I've poured so much of myself into Bioware into Mass Effect like you just said like it it was so such a big part of of, of a person's life for so long that like seeing the misstep or what looks like could be a misstep, uh, definitely stings, it seems like. Um, I'm, I'm almost in that category. A yeah, me too. I, I, I love these games. Me I mean, too. I talked about this on the stream, but I played two, and it was like a revelation. It was maybe the last game I was honestly in love with before Breath of the Wild, and that was, what, seven years ago now at this point? Yep, and then I immediately went back and played one, and then I played two again. I, yep. I had a whole... A whole thing with it. I I'm really a three love these apologist. Games. Like I, yeah. I don't think three is as good as one or two. I don't don't I get agree. me wrong. Yeah, but I had a good time with three. I did too. And yeah. and even like was happy with the conclusion of my arc. I was like, fine with synthesis. one of those. To, to be clear, one of the things like one of the endings really was in line with one of the interests of my Commander Shepard. Like from the jump, I was having this conversation with a friend yesterday, which was like from the jump, from playing Mass Effect One, one of my entire like focuses for my Shepard. I kind of said like, oh, my Shepard is interested in bringing together robots and humans and yes. people and, and organic beings and, like, getting over this synthetic versus organic thing and blending that. And, like, hey, it turned out, like, there was you a way to do, do that very clearly. <laughs> oh, the so blender felt, ending. The blender ending. Blender. Like, Synth- you could, synthesis. Hit green on the blender. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, and so, so there was definitely, um, for me, I was in the lucky camp of, like, oh, yeah, okay. Look, this this is a logical conclusion to the weird shepherd in my head who was more than just Paragon or Renegade, but had like a set of certain beliefs. And other things going on. Um, and I've obviously been doing a lot of thinking about the last Mass Effect game and like what they were doing, partially because I'm editing a story about the ending of it right now. Rob right. Zachney and I have been editing a freelance story about Mass Effect 3's ending and expectations going into Andromeda, which should go up today, actually might be up soon. in 15 minutes. Very soon. <laughs> um, but also because I've been playing some Mass Effect Andromeda. And it's brought into stark relief what I liked about those games um, and what – so I can talk about the first five – or I can talk about like the first right. – what the EA Access stuff is, right? Which yes. is like up until one of the first like dungeon areas yeah. basically. But even in that time, there are things worth noting. So like let's talk about the beginning of Mass Effect 1. You both played the beginning of Mass – you both played Mass Effect? Yeah, Mass Effect 1 is the best Mass Effect. Do you really believe that? It has the best story. It has the best story. I might like it more than two in my heart of hearts. I've played it more than two. I might be able to be wooed over to the Mass Effect 1 as the best Mass Effect. Well, because generally in – if I like – Generally, media, I like the introductions to universes yes. than the conclusions. Sure. So that's just stories, <laughs> maybe. That's uh, just stories. But so the, let's, and it but has this is, the best story well, by far of any of the games. Well, this, so, like, this is I the think. thing about Mass Effect 1 that I thought about really hard last night. You boot up Mass Effect, and Mass Effect 1 is a game that gets dragged for its opening a lot because it has this like downturn, which I'll get to in a second. So you yeah, boot yeah. up Mass Effect 1. Mm-hmm. You get the opening shots of Anderson talking to the, the Nihilist, to, to the Spectre, oh, right? Or, or Who's like, Spectre, is that right, who it is? Right. I, or, I'm pretty sure that's who it is. Nihilist, Dark, Ni- something. Dark Nihilist. Yes. <laughs> um, whatever, <laughs> right. whatever the Torian is. <laughs> and you say, and, and he's like, oh, Shep, you know, the, the Shepherd person is who we need. Like, they're the best and brightest. Or like, oh, they had a hard time on a coos or whatever it is. And, but that's what they're doing. Like they're, that's why we need them. Uh, and then you go down to the planet. You meet Saren. You see right. him kill Nihilus. You see Sovereign in the distance. You see the husks, which were obviously in all of the trailers. 
Um, and then from there, you go to the Citadel, and people don't like the Citadel because also there's good music on Eden oh, Prime. Yeah. Eden Prime, which just has like dope, like Blade Runner esque, like super it's good, incredible. like synth, like tense, awesome music. Yeah. Then you get like the the Prothean shit. So immediately you have a bunch of you have a bunch of stuff right at the, right at the gate. You know that there are specters who are like secret agents. You know that there are these ancient aliens. Starring Action Bronson, um, you know <laughs> on Viceland, you yes. know that there is a big weird spaceship that's yes. huge. That's like as it's as big as the horizon itself. I've broken and, and you, <laughs> in my excitement. I've broken this pop filter. Yeah, this is what happens with ancient alien tech. Uh, I'm gonna Frequently. put that back there. Um, and and then, you know the place of humans in this universe. And you know basically, right? Yeah. They're not part of the council yeah. yet. They want to be part of the council. They want to be accepted by the larger established galactic community. Yeah. And you go to the Citadel, and a lot of people talk shit about the Citadel because. Because you can tell I've been thinking about this a lot. Because the Citadel slows things down very – like a lot. Suddenly sure. you're not talking about big galactic threats. You're talking about like a shitty local crime boss who's going after Tali. But you, then you meet who Tali is and you learn they're the Quarians and they're the Quarians and the Geth. Oh, what's up with the Geth? Like the Geth are these robot people and they, there's some weird relationship there. Yeah. Then you learn about the Hanar who happen to be on the Citadel, which are this religious species who are preaching out in the, out in the, the courtyards of the Citadel. And they're like weird floating jellyfish. What's up with them? And then you meet a Krogan, and it's like a big, bulky thing. And it's like, whoa, Krogans, those are wild. And then you meet the Asari, and you're like, oh, they're monogendered. And there's one who, like, can mind meld with you Hell or something. Yeah. That's wild, like, awesome. Then you learn about the like, you get all of this dump of, like, oh, wow, there's so much to this world. There's yes. so many things that I'm learning about, and I'm learning about the different conflicts and the different relationships, the genophage, the, the, like, the ancient, the first contact war between the Torians and the humans. There's so much to dig into there, and then there's also just, like, codex entries that are narrated by a dope voice of a guy who's just, like, the first contact war <laughs> is when the Torians first met the humans, and everything went really bad. Shant Z, or whatever the name of the, the station was. The first five hours of Mass Effect Andromeda reintroduce you to all the things you already know. It's just Asari, Torian, Krogan. Do you know Krogan's like big and they can fight? Yeah. And, then, and, I'm, like, cur- and I'm curious how that plays to someone that maybe this is their first entry into the series. Not that that's an excuse for totally. like a slow but it's start, none of, but I... The thing is, none of those conflicts are here, mm, right? Yeah, right. Like, the they just exist. They're just races. Yeah. They're just races, right? Like the Asari have magic powers, but that's all you get. You don't get much from what their history is. Um... The the only new stuff is basically weird robots that you fight mm-hmm. against. Okay. The Andromeda Initiative itself. Yes. Which is it's not a bad super startup. interesting. It's a bad it's a bad startup, which is itself Silicon kind of Valley, interesting. Silicon Valley, bad startup the, in space, right? Kind of thing. Um, and one alien species that you meet out of the gate. Um, the preview material can sh- has shown that there's another alien species that you meet. Yes. One of the party members. Yes. But that's like. It there isn't it nothing unfolds. There's no there's no I played the intro to Mass Effect One and could say, okay, here's the one conflict my character is interested in. In Mass Effect Andromeda, every conflict comes back to these two things. It comes back to the scourge, which is like weird dark energy is running amok in this space station, and Uh-oh. it comes back to yeah, I know. Or in this space sector. Uh, and it comes back to the, these ancient robots. Every side quest comes back to yeah. those. Every you know, NPC you meet has something to say. When you go to a planet in like the galactic map to get the breakdown, um, you know, in, in Mass Effect 1 and 2, when you went to a random planet, it would say something like, 
oh, this is like a weird jungle planet, and it's really, you know, it's impossible to, to live here because there's acidic rains, and that's what that's what gave you the Turian expression, buying a, a jungle house on the planet of blah, which yep. means doing something that looks like a good idea at the time, but is actually a really bad idea. And, like, suddenly there's all this great world building. In Mass Effect Andromeda, when I go to a place, it says, like, oh, an asteroid crashed here because the Scourge came through. Or an asteroid crashed here, but it wasn't because the Scourge came through. It just happened to be a regular asteroid. <laughs> Everything comes back to those same two plot points. It's a points, little reductive. Yeah. And, yeah. and because of that, it feels barren. It just feels like it's a game about the frontier that isn't doing really interesting things about the frontier. Whereas the Mass Effect 1 through 3 were games about, like, dense, packed, populized space and then also outskirts that were like you know smaller colonies and stuff like that but you had that flow between the two you had the citadel you had omega you had ilium you had places that that were filled with life and people and then you left those to go to navaria or to go to to elos or whatever and that worked in this like back and forth but here it's all just deserts it's all just like big open spaces or or jungles or whatever that don't have enough there's just like not enough stuff that stands on its own it all comes back to that main plot so far and again in this opening up until that first main uh up until the mission i'm allowed to talk through yeah i really wish and and of course this is also just talking about the stuff we're allowed to talk about i really wish that they had leaned in heavier to more of a b movie or more of a even a a western kind of theme like if they had leaned into that instead of being like Oh, this is this is sort of like a side story or a continuation or something kind of going to the side, but it's also the grand spectacle. If right. they had actually just been like, actually, no, we're going to be a weird space western, like Firefly, totally. like you you had mentioned, I I would be more into this. Me too. It feels like there are certain ways, and my favorite parts of this game are the ways that are going towards that. The sort of like weirder characters, the quirkier characters, like, the kind of. Is there someone who comes to mind in the first five? I, hours I really for that? love the. Uh, Torian lady, who's Vetra. like kind of yes, yeah. Vetra. She's she's kind of like a, I don't know. She feels like a little bit of a rogue, a little bit of a hey, you know. I I kind of know my way around the law a little bit here. Like if it, if it leaned harder into that, I would be happier. I I actually am enjoying this game yeah. thus far, um, but I I'm seeing vestiges of that, and it feels like oh, we were gonna make this kind of slight, at least slightly weird side story kind of yeah. deal, but then we had to. We had to make it broader and grander and fit the vision, and it and it doesn't quite mesh together. Well, the thing is, like, yeah, like I think if it was a tighter game, like so, just through those smaller first opening, in yeah, scope, literally in smaller ways. in scope, because there are lots of things where it's just like, oh. I'm a, I've often been a defender of the big empty space. I think there's yeah. value in having empty spaces that are evocative or interesting. Um, but they need those two things. <laughs> they need those two things. Yes. Like that was my that was my big problem in, in yeah. Dragon Age Inquisition was they had access to Frostbite, built these beautiful spaces, and there just was like not a whole lot to do. In, like it was like you built something, but you gotta you gotta do even if you even if there's not much to do in them, then the spaces themselves need to say or communicate something. I thought Inquisition didn't right. necessarily do a great job of that. There were definitely spaces there. The thing that happened with me in Inquisition, I think I've spoken about this before, is that I played through all of the stuff in that game except for two zones, and then I did those final two zones, and they were completely side zones. They were like there was no main story stuff there at all, and that was a drag. Uh, I think any of the zones that had main plot stuff in Dragon Age Inquisition tended to be pretty strong um, and also communicated scale in a way that these early zones of Mass Effect Andromeda 
don't. I expected yeah. not the hinterlands. Like I expected them to actually swing the other way from from the hinterlands <laughs> right. problem of Dragon Age Inquisition, which for people who don't necessarily remember that was this huge first oh area you God. were in that didn't do a good job of communicating to you that you needed to fucking leave it Get out. to go do the rest of. You the You could cool spend twenty five hours in the hinterlands, completely over level yourself, and then uh, like wreck the scale well, of the, the rest of the game. <laughs> Yeah. And in the zones that you get in the opening five hours, opening whatever, opening few hours of uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, they actually feel really linear and really like – not linear. That's not fair. Like the the desert zone Eos is is, is more open. There's a big yeah. lake in the middle. It's a desert with a big lake in the middle and some mountains and stuff. But like there are three pathways around it. Um, and I think I was expecting more like Dragon Age Inquisition or more like Mass Effect 1's big – like you go to a planet yeah. and it's this big square planet that like you get to drive around. Yeah. Um, I've also not seen any uh, in this opening section, any side planets at all. Um, there's no like – you know, you get off of Mass Effect – one citadel or even you know you get through the opening of mass effect 2 and then you have the galactic map and there's side stuff to go do oh there's a crashed ship i'm gonna go board go down to the planet and check out that crashed ship or i'm gonna board this ship right now it's just like go around the galactic map and select a planet and do a scan and often there's nothing on it at all there's not a great detail and sometimes there's a thing that's like oh yeah there's a lot of you know uh whatever nitrogen here hit mine to get the nitrogen and that's it um i don't know i'm like I like it, seem, it seems like it lacks a sense of wonder. Like that's part of what I uh, like. That's what, that's why Mass Effect One like or, sticks sticks with me is like the sense of wonder and awe and discovery. Like was my favorite part of of ever all the reveals throughout uh, Mass Effect One up until like the conversation with Sovereign, which like I went back recently and looked at that again, and like it still gives me chills. It's, so good, it's one of my really favorite great. moments in a video Fuck. game ever. Um, and I think actually, like, that's part of what, how I convinced myself that if I was to go back to Mass Effect 1, I might, like, lose some of the uh, – how I've written it in my head canon of how I feel about that game. But that moment alone I've rewatched before and, like, that that reveal, that conversation is, like, like part of what uh, drew me into that universe and, like, was so, made me so excited for where else it would go. And, again, having not played Andromeda, it seems like it doesn't have moments like that yet. Now, granted, that's at the end of Mass Effect yeah. 1, but there well, were moments so, like that along the way. You get that? No, that conversation is right in the middle. That conversation is on Novaria. Is it? Oh, okay. The, yeah, the Sovereign conversation is, like, the turn. You've done two of, like, the four planets. Right. And then you go to Novaria to, because there's the genophage cure that's being worked on. Right. Uh, and you have that whole great conversation with Rex. You get that great speech from the head of the Solarian Special Forces. Yes, yes. Like, there's all sorts of, like, those moments. And you remember this game a lot better than I do. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I want to be clear. I haven't played it since my first year in grad school. How do you seven, remember all six, these bits? Seven. What are you doing? I love that game. Like, that game really, <laughs> really, really, really might be one of my favorite games of all time because those moments are so strong. Right. And, and I want to be clear. I don't think that this game needs to do those things. Yeah. No, like, no, no. It, it is setting up a different goal for itself, right. which is to be a frontier story. Yeah. And and maybe even ideally to subvert frontier stories a little bit. Like the, the notion of the shitty bureaucrat who runs yes. the Nexus is great. Like it's he's, awesome. you know, the guy who like is, should not be in charge of this. He's not the idealist who sees like the great vision for, for colonization, but he, but he's also not the realist who understands that the whole thing was kind of a boondoggle and is now just trying to make the best out of a bad situation. He's kind of like an opportunist kind like, of a shithead. middle manager yeah. <laughs> who happened to wind up in charge of this thing. And that's like a really great little yeah. detail. Um, but also, 
there hasn't been enough of that stuff to keep me like I'm intrigued because I want there to be that turn. I want there to be that moment where I'm like, oh yeah, this is dope. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. And, and also to be clear, uh, audience, though, the people in the chat were saying like, oh, so the planetary exploration stuff is more like Mass Effect 2. It isn't because in Mass Effect 2, you still occasionally got a thing that said on a random planet, you would find an anomaly and drive down you in your take, shuttle. You would take the shuttle. Right. And then around. shoot, you know, 300 Loki mechs or, right. you know, a, a handful of Geth or some blue eclipse guys. And you'd find a little data pad that says, oh, this place used to be where uh, there was a couple who met here for years. And then it turned into a blue eclipse mercenary group or whatever. Yeah. Um, there's Love none that of that stuff, stuff in yeah. the opening hours of this game. Uh, there is. It is all just the main plot stuff. Uh, so I don't know. We'll we'll I, for what it's worth. I am having fun like jumping around. Yeah. I think that I, I hit a point in my build during this opening segment. It was like, oh, I I got to make a little variation on the Vanguard. I always like to play. Excellent. I found a really cool pistol. There's like again Western style like six shooters. Perfect. Called the Sidewinder. That- when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. I made um, my favorite Microsoft like, Windows gamepad. That you oh, guess yeah. what? It's in here, and you can game with it. <laughs> that was one of the snakes that you got rid of on Ireland, Saint <laughs> Patrick. Yeah, God, it's perfect. Um, there's definitely, and it doesn't. Here's the other thing that doesn't help is I've been watching a friend play through Mass Effect Two in the oh, past few weeks. Like sure. I literally just watched her play through Shadow Broker. And so, like, it goes, which doesn't hold up as well as you might think. I'm sure it doesn't. That's that's the other thing. This is this is what six years ago now that that DLC. Well, the DLC DLC itself was was like the next year or whatever, right? right. right? So, and and that. But Master Two was 2010. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the things um, uh, someone who writes for our site, a columnist, Jack DeKeat, made a series of tweets the other day that was about this, that like expectations have sort of moved into some regard in terms of what we should in, in terms of what we like just kind of naturally expect from um, this kind narrative of, games. Yes. You yes. know, like there was a when Mass Effect 2 came out, when Mass Effect 1 came out, it was 2007. Yeah, it was a decade ago. And like. None of us had seen anything so cinematic, so focused on – like, obviously, there had been RPGs for years and years that had lots of text, but, like, nothing so dedicated to the, like, the notion of bringing you into a place in all of the audiovisual glory, selling you that place through both, like, sound and graphics and writing and acting. And, like, acting. Every yes. line in that game was voice acted. Like, now that might just not be enough. I don't know. That's weird. It's a weird thing. I keep playing this game and wishing it were much smaller, much weirder, yeah. and almost like a visual novel with some other kind of, you know, a visual novel with shooting, almost. Right, like, right. And then it could be weirder, and it could have completely different story beats and mm-hmm. completely off-the-wall characters that are not necessarily hitting the, the, the sort of archetypes that it otherwise would traditionally need to. And I, and I wonder how much uh, it's, you know, the original game, original series, is one of the few that managed to pull off We Are a Trilogy, 
We're starting with three games. This is the beginning of like yep. an adventure. Like, there's a reason that that be that was that became a thing for a couple of years with games like Two Human, and then games quickly abandoned the trilogy promise because it was very difficult to construct stories or make those promises, especially if those first games faltered. And I wonder if you know they have tr- they have tried in communicating what this game is to say like oh no i mean yes it's part of a larger story but it's not like a new trilogy but i i do wonder like baked into mass effect as a concept is the idea that your actions have ripple effects beyond the game that you are playing and right. setting that up is extremely difficult and i wonder going to do that a second time especially when you can't do a second time there's a secret robot uh, uh you know species that's going to ex- extinguish the galaxy like bad are- news patrick <laughs> there's another robot species that they're called the remnant the- Okay. I don't know what they're trying. We don't know what they're doing yet. But there okay. are, there's another secret robot species. Well, I guess what I'm, uh, it's, it's it's not it, a secret. It's in the first. It's like immediate. Like yeah, there's another robot setting setting up another trilogy. Finding like the fi- finding that arc a second time, given everything that the original Mass Effect chewed off. I just wonder if some of that may have presented problems to them in setting up this first game, created creating its stakes. But it does sound like there are just that's, other fundamental problems that are that go beyond yeah. even that larger well, vision. That's and scope. the thing is like I'm here to forgive the animation stuff. I'm yeah, here to say like for sure. right. the presentation. Like I would I, that's not the stuff that's going to keep me from loving this game and putting it in my my you know the canon of games I really love. It's not going to be like oh the faces were a little wonky. Yeah, like, look I'm at near nobody nobody like loves <laughs> near because like ha, ha, right. I nailed all that stuff. Like, like, no, oh, yeah, like, my fucking love is of uh, uh, all of the Elder Scrolls games. Hell Those yeah. faces look bad. I mean, some of the older Mass Effect faces look bad. Right. The, the shepherd, uh, the male shepherd smiling thing, like, who, <laughs> remember that one? Like, it was, that was rough. It's bad. You know? So, like, that's not the thing. For me, the thing is going to be, you talk, Patrick, about how in the first game there was that promise made that there was going to be this trilogy. And for me, when I started playing, and I'm just repeating myself here, but mm-hmm. when I first started playing Mass Effect 1, I could immediately see why there would be a trilogy. Oh, yes. boy. Genophage. Wow, the Krogans, they have like a 1% fertility right now because another species did that to them? Ooh, that's going to take a couple games to unpack. Yeah. <laughs> I, I ain't going to fix this one. Like... <laughs> That one will be a while. Yeah, we're going to need some more than some DLC. That's at least two uh, season passes. That's at yeah, least two go. season passes. We're going to need a sequel game for this. <laughs> oh, the species made robots to their slaves, and then and then they the slaves turned on them, and now everyone hates the robots? Okay, we're going to need... I just see oh. you... Uh, were you just Eat sweating profusely the entire oh, time you were playing this game? Just going, oh, boy. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. This is a lot, Mass Effect. This- oh, <laughs> Oh, and then I got oh. because it's like, oh, the Rachni are a thing. The species that was that was like wiped ke- out. Chemical well, f- the Krogans who were the chemically sterilized. sterilized whole species was chemically sterilized was also exploited to to commit genocide against another whole species. That's gonna take a couple of games. Yep. <laughs> and obviously, yep. a lot of that took a lot of time to get to those points. Yes. But many of those conflicts were set up out of the gate, and I could Im- immediately see why something would take three, three games. I have no idea what two sequels from now the dark energy is going to be interested in. It's going to be dark energy, or it's going to be like these other aliens who are the, the bad guys that we don't know anything about. Except it's going to be PB's heel turn. Is what it's going to be. PB, you know, she's wearing the, the makeup that says Pris from Blade Runner. She's going to take a heel turn. Maybe maybe that's what's going to happen. I mean, if it gets that weird, I'd be so happy. 
I would love that. <laughs> it would be wonderful. I, but I don't think it's gonna. And I if, there, if like, I know. you know, the, the genophage is one of like the most interesting like storylines like I have ever like it's wrestled good. with in a video game and especially the way that like it comes to a head in the third game and like the mm-hmm. acts you take participating and observing that whole situation like it would like all the problems you guys are talking about or that are being talked about with Andromeda like if there's nothing that tries the I'm not saying there needs to be Genopage 2.0 no but like the ambition of that storytelling and the ethical implications both for right. the, the the galaxy the universe and and your role in engaging with it what I want what I think people wanted out of a new Mass Effect was to to have that ambition Again. another time yeah. to find a way to to that complex moral and ethical and like storytelling yeah. complexity that's like what defines a lot of what i found interesting about mass effect like the reapers sure interesting but like it was that stuff that was like real people real races like interacting in a complex fashion that you can imagine how fucked up things like that would happen right that's what i wanted out of a new mass effect was like an- another thing that reminded me of the complexity of that where they're you can see the actors on both sides, and, and they yeah, both mean well, and right. blah blah blah. Right? Like, oh. or the thing is, like, or this game could go the other way, which is it could commit to being a small. It's is smaller scale in the notion of just like it again is not interested in a world filled with millions and millions and billions and billions of people, yeah. right? Like, and the, the whole saving the universe, thing. right? Right, and yeah. also not saving the universe. Right? Yeah. The arc is filled with twenty thousand human lives. That's a lot of human lives. Yeah. It's nothing compared to what the stakes of the Mass Effect original Mass Effect trilogy were, yeah. which were billions of lives, right? And so, and also, it just means that the worlds are just never going to be as populated as Mass Effect, and especially Mass Effect Two, which had all of the like vaguely cyberpunk stuff Absolutely. on Omega and on Ilium, where it's like, oh wow, huge city planets and like yeah. flying cars. Like, that's just not what this game is going to do, and that's okay. But at that point, it needs to be able to offer something else that really leverages the exactly. smaller scope of this of the Helios cluster of the Andromeda galaxy it needs to be able to show the again the frontier in an interesting way it needs to make empty spaces feel empty in a way that makes you look out at them and say like oh boy we're all alone out here huh it's just it's just us something like that that really and there are a couple of things that I think it does that well with one of the things I do like is that the crew members on your ship will chatter with each other from like across the hall they'll shout like down from a higher level (laughs) down to someone else who's working on a thing and like okay that's making this space feel intimate in a way that the that the Normandy could never feel because it's too big Um, but the worlds themselves and the mission design don't necessarily feel that way for me. I gotta, and we'll see. I I am really hopeful that there's still going to they're going to pay off on something that they're going to hit a thing or like that's really fucking clever or that like they're trying to do the this is a this is a bad step in an attempt to fix the problem with the hinterlands, which is like we're going to give you a really narrow opening twenty hours, fifteen hours, f- ten hours instead of giving you the one where you can get lost for all that time. We're going to make sure it's the stuff that we need you to see, and the, then it'll the open opposite up. of Final Fantasy fifteen. Right, right. Maybe the back half is the good half. It's the Final Fantasy. What was it? Thirteen is the one that did the other. Did the like? Yeah, oh, you got to do the first twenty hours for like the first thirty hours. Yeah, I don't know. It's don't weird know. to me. Just as I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about the arc I've had with the series. Yeah. That it seems the more interesting it is narratively, it's gone like 
inversely in terms of how satisfying it is to play the actual right. shooting mechanics. Like, it's this one is – I'm having a lot of fun with the actual shooting right. and the actual sort of the way you have a little bit more control Mobility of your powers and, and yeah. exactly that stuff. The first game, which I, I loved to death – it played a little uh, bit like a mess, and that's yeah. fine. They like, never I made a game with great. guns before, right? So they, you know, they that's not there was true, a lot exactly, of shooting at yes. the floor by your squad mates. Of, that kind of there's a lot of, of aiming up a shot and then not getting any damage because it was that's the sort there of game it was. A lot of that in that first game, and now it's like, oh, this is really fun to shoot things. But what these games do best is not necessarily shooting things. For me, it's always been that character interaction right. and that the feeling of like, oh, I'm in this incredible sort of Battlestar Galactica slash Star Wars ish universe and making all these decisions so it's very I don't know I, I just want them to lean into the weirdness yeah lean into the weirdness or lean into aware. like I almost want it to be a procedural like I almost when I, sure. I said the other day yes. while playing that like I would like to like it to have been more like or it feels like it wants to occasionally be like Firefly it aspires totally. to that tightness yeah and I almost want there to just I want there to be more throwaway episodes I want to go to a weird space colony and have to like deal with whatever the interesting culture is there and maybe that stuff is coming but right now but if it does it will just be more humans and Asari and Torians right or maybe it won't. Maybe there's all sorts of aliens still in this galaxy that we haven't met in the first five hours, ten hours, whatever the, the thing is. And like, Just give me Ace Attorney Mass Effect. That'd be cool. <laughs> that would be really well, I, fun. Yeah. I also wonder if people would like this game more if it had come off come out in the first trilogy's like lifespan as just a side story. Definitely. Or if people wouldn't be so eager to to hate on it. I think that's Yeah, if, sure. if it was like yeah. yeah, if it was like something in between two and three that was like, hey, yeah. we're off trying something else and here's this other kind of side story that isn't like this is the new mass effect like that just kind of carries with it a grandiosity that um especially given this is largely like this isn't the team that made mass effect one two and three right this is this is a new team this is like like there there are people that were involved in that um but it is not the, the team that built three did not say all right Time to make a new Mass Effect. Like, that's not right. how this pivot worked. And so, you know, if you want to be charitable, uh, you can also look at Mass Effect Andromeda as, I think, some what right. some people looked at Halo 4 as, is like, okay, sure. the first one you make is really training wheels. Like it's, and it's hard. And it's hard. It's like, just not pure, easy. pure yeah. imitation is, is difficult. Um, and so, you know, I, granted, maybe things get a lot more interesting as you get further into the game, and yep. maybe there's some interesting side quests, and, and it is... Uh, you know, the Mass Effect series historically has a uh, pattern of having, like, really amazing uh, season pass, like, DLC that, like, goes right. in fascinating directions. Maybe some of that stuff's there. But there's also a world in which you can imagine uh, – and, 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 again, this is sort of being charitable and also I haven't played it. But that this one was, like, them, okay, we know yeah. how to make one of these games. Where do we go from here? Yeah. Sure. Let's go into the question bucket. Take a little dip. That's Take where we're going dip. from here. That's Taking what we're going from here, from into here. the question bucket. I need a number from 1 to 124. St. Patrick's Day. Go for it, Patrick. Um, um, what would you say, to 124? Something like that. Mm, uh, 101. 101. 101. 101. 101. Nice, 101 here. level. All right, this, I'm scrolling, I'm at 84. That one's about World War II. Here we go. This one comes in from Nick from Philly, who says... 
Hey, Waypointers. Regarding your discussion of politics and gaming, I thought I would offer up some of what I've been struggling with in the midst of an ongoing, unsettling political news cycle. I don't know when this came in, but let me tell you, it's still relevant. It's relevant. (laughs) I often find myself feeling guilty for discussing games or even playing them while so much evil shit is going on in the Mm -hmm. real world. I'll ask myself, does it really matter to me which game wins best graphics from a website uh, when they're trying to take away health care from people? I remind myself that occasional escapism is okay and part of healthy self-care routine, and it's okay to plug for the news for a bit. I can still be informed, but maybe a little stressed. I would love to hear how you all practice this. Do you find yourself struggling with the same feelings? And what have been some go-to games for you when you feel the need to unplug from political discourse hell ride? From this political discourse hell ride. Thank you so much, Nick from Philly. I think as someone who left working at the ACLU to do game journalism full uh-huh. time, I, I, <laughs> I sure feel this. Yeah, I, I bet. Sure, I sure do feel this uh, quite a bit sometimes, uh, and, and just feel like. Wow, I I'm the lucky asshole who gets to kind of have fun all the time while other people are, are cleaning up, you know, and trying to be on the ground and, and fight and so on and so forth. What I do is try to balance things as as best I can. I, I volunteer, and and that's been helpful for me to do uh, in terms of just feeling like okay, I, I'm not just I'm not only doing this job that is a wonderful job, but I, I'm getting out and helping my community and doing things like that. I I definitely encourage people to do that if that's in the cards for you if you're right. able to do that if you're you know a, in a position of privilege and have the time to do that sure helps me and otherwise donations or, or whatever you can do I, I find that incredibly therapeutic as like a hey you know what i care about the world maybe i can't 100 percent devote my time to this right now but here here's me making a contribution that sort of thing yeah and obviously clearly think there's a lot of value to games and i think there's a lot of value in self-care and quick answer for you know the go-to's I, I sure love a nice chill puzzle game <laughs> when yeah, i'm feeling real bad like a nice something i can just chip away at and find a solution and feel good about that that is yeah. a plus <laughs> um zelda has been has oh, been really yeah. great for me for that yeah. obviously i think that that game is just fantastic but also one of the things about that game that i haven't gotten around to writing about yet because who has the time <laughs> is that it it is a fundamentally hopeful game Yes, like a lot of bright, colorful Nintendo games are. But it also is built on a premise, which is that we fucked up, right? Like, I'm not going to get deep into Zelda spoiler territory here, but, you know, Link awakens from this, from the Shrine of Resurrection or whatever. That's not, that's the first thing in the game. And he kind of goes out into the world and learns that things used to be better and that there was, in an attempt to prepare for something bad, things got way worse. We made there are bad policy decisions made yes. <laughs> in the land of Hyrule. Sure. There was investment in military. There was like the the uh, misunderstanding of of what the way forward was supposed to be. Um, there were personal failings and political failings. The Hyrule uh, Ganon Protection Act. Yeah, riddled with flaws. Sure. Riddled with yeah. flaws. Let me just say, they should have maybe invested more into non-military <laughs> functions. Education, Not enough subsidies maybe, in that. Ed- know, education, healthcare, healthcare you know, uh, the Triforce. Infrastructure, right. maybe a little bit. History, like all sorts <laughs> of education, <laughs> a lot of things. You're right. Yeah. Um, and for me, that game was really interesting because it gave you insight into what people a hundred years after a disaster, like how they thought about that disaster and thought about uh, thought about you in context of that disaster and then also tried to figure out a way to say like 
there is, and I don't think this is like a, like an astounding narrative game or anything, but it evoked, a, it had a tone of this hope that was grounded in the reality of failure. Um, that like every sunrise was a reminder that you could try to right the wrongs of yesterday. Um, and it did that by literally having dope sunrises. Like that's, and by seeing a field filled with like ruined war machines, like, oh, wow, yeah, lots of lots of people died here. <laughs> I really, we really need to do better yeah. um, at this. And the way that you do that, obviously, is the Zelda game is like, oh, I'm gonna go talk to all the different races and like make all the cultures come together and help out. And like, that's a very naive, simple politics. But it was still some, it was still like that in, like great middle ground between escapism and connection to some real world issues. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and I guess for for me, uh, well, one like distance from an event helps, right? Yeah. So, like in the in the immediate wake of like the election, it, it was extremely difficult to like uh, want to write little frivolous things about some little thing you mm. found in a game. Um, you know that that happens at all different times in life, like whether you have a death in a family or something like that like it it puts in in context sort of like what you're doing and what your purpose is and sometimes it can feel very frivolous and difficult to sort of get back on that horse but um like for me one of the ways that i try and deal with that sense of uh you know i'm, I'm focused on writing about video games on a daily basis is to try and like find stories that like mean something like it's it's a it's a way of pushing mm-hmm. myself to try and find stories that are worth telling so like where sometimes you can feel frivolous to talk about like ah, i really hate this shotgun and destiny or something like that <laughs> well it's like well writing that story like i did recently about the um um the man who was uh, suffering from cancer and wanted to go to the lighthouse in destiny and telling his story and uh, what kind of person he was and what that game meant to him and how the people in his life perceived what that game meant to him like that imbues the the, the importance of video games for people in a in a way that makes me feel like it was a story worth telling and also yeah. underlines why video games are important to different people or why video games are important. And so finding those stories, um, not all of them have to be about people uh, dying necessarily, but finding stories yeah. that are about the importance of games to people is one way. Those are my favorite stories to tell and are also serve as reminders for myself of, okay, like there's a balance in all of this and telling those stories makes me feel better about – it feels like I am co- uh, contributing something that is more than just like w- something that's going to turn into you know, an argument on a message board. It's like right. I feel like right. this, 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 this speaks to the larger power of video games in a way that's important. Yeah. I think that that is like in general trying to find a way to – anytime that we're like how do I make meaning for myself in this chaos is a moment when we should do our best to be – really engaged with that and do our like do our best to actually do that instead of like flailing in the like terrible maelstrom of maelstrom of of nonsense and disaster and ruin like try to find a little corner of it and like shape it into something you can be happy with um and also like figure out ways to like literally try to adjust address the entire thing like you said danielle and like volunteer or find a charity a charity find a thing that you are interested in, in addressing and helping focus on that one thing we've said this before don't try to take on the world yourself you will lose your you, you will just like it's bad burnout is real burn out <laughs> is it yeah it sure it is sure i is. think maybe you know about that a little bit a little bit burnout <laughs> uh i think it's gonna do it for us this week 
please have a safe and comfortable St. Patrick's Day. Yes. Have a please relaxing. Please don't drink too much. And if your friends do drink too much, know that you can always call 911 and a very nice EMT will come help you. See that? That's perfect. PSA. PSA. Right? Too much green beer? Da, da, da. Call a cool EMT who's near. N-I-E-R? Like, like from yeah. the game series? They could, be from, <laughs> they could be an Android. Yo, that game is good. Patrick and I, yeah, we we'll talk about, We'll talk about that on Monday, cool. maybe. So I'm going to play a lot more of that this weekend. But yeah. Yo. Near just near just went live on Steam. Do not do not sleep on this game. This is gonna be the game that people at the end of this year are screaming about. Like, why did you motherfuckers play near? Like, that's the game that people are gonna be screaming about at the end of this yep. year. Don't be that person, or rather, be the person that's screaming. Be the scream. Yes. Be, the, be the scream you want to see in the world. Be the scream you want to see in the world. True. True. On that note, uh, we are gonna we are gonna head out of here. Thank you to Tim Barnes Tim. producing it. Thank you to, to Thank Dylan. You Dylan. Thank you for, for everyone. Thank you to, to uh, uh, Bowen, who lets us use his track, Miss You, off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more info about that song, which you're going to hear in a second, at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. You can also find everything we do at waypoint.zone, waypoint.vice.com, yes. digitalpyramids.com, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can All find those. me at Austin underscore Walker. Danielle, where can people find you? Danielle R.I. on Twitter. Patrick Klepik. Find me playing you? these games. <laughs> Patrick just dropped all the Jurassic Park games that ever existed on his head. You can find, you can find me at Patrick Klepik on Twitter. At Patrick too. Patrick Klepik on Twitter. Make sure to come back on Monday because we'll be back here doing more Waypoint Radio. Near but day. Also, yeah, it's near day. Near that, day Monday. Of course. What does it say? Today's date is three seventeen, so that means Monday will be three twenty one. Of course, near day. There you go. Three twenty one. Near day. It's in, put it, day. Add it to your calendar. <laughs> Celebrate that shit every year. Absolutely. Every year we'll just do. We'll, it's like Calvin Ball. It's the Calvin Ball of holidays. It's just like. Who knows what the rules to the year day are? <laughs> make it up as you go along. Change. Add a new fucking tradition every year. That game doesn't make any goddamn sense. It's cool. Uh, and then, uh, also, if you're in the chat right now, don't go anywhere, because we will be back in a moment with a special guest. And if you're listening to this after the fact, uh, we are going to, to just so you know, we're going to stream a video game. You should go to Waypoint, or you go to YouTube.com slash WaypointVice to watch the archive, which should be up by Monday, probably. Yeah, on near day. Yeah, it'll be On up. near day, yeah. Did you say Deer Day? Near. I said near, but you know. Deer Day is 322, Danielle, obviously, not 321. I'm sorry. There's Near Day. There's, there's deer, deer Day. There's Deer Day. And there's Fear Day. There's Fear Day. Ugh. I don't know what that one is. I'm going to hang up uh, on this call. <laughs> Good. And go get coffee and then come back and That's do a stream. A so stick idea. around. Thank you, everyone who's listening to us. We'll see you on Monday. Peace. <laughs> When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.